You're listening to the Just Giants Podcast with Grump and the Cranky Fan. Be sure to listen for free on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Podbean. Welcome back to Just Giants with Grump and the Cranky Fan, the best damn podcast for the best damn football team. I'm your host, the Football Grump, and with me, as always, is Mike the Cranky Fan. Uh, greetings, Grump. I am in Boston this week, but before we talk about our New York Giants, I had to do a quick shout-out. New York City is blue. New York City FC beat the Red Bulls on Sunday to finally win a New York Derby, so I am happy. Based on how the, the Giants may be, based on my first half predictions, I need anything to cheer about at this moment, and I'll take soccer at this point. I, I mean, I guess <laughs> I don't I don't really have anything to say to that. that just, nothing for you, nothing you need to say. Just uh, New York is blue. That's okay. all. Congratulations, I guess. Um, Thank you. Uh, no congratulations. Neither one of us won the fishing challenge. We both lost. Um, okay. We, <laughs> <laughs> we we lose again, right? We lost again. I did catch a shark. You did catch a shark. That was a pretty cool picture. Uh, yeah, you should post you, that on Twitter. I'll, cool. I'll put that up. The shark I caught. I mean, some people caught. Somebody caught a piece of wood. Somebody caught a little. I don't know. A, a school of mussels. I guess. What do you call it? A a, a gaggle of mussels. I don't know. A, a yeah. cocktail of mussels. A cocktail of yeah. A, a, a strip maybe. <laughs> um, no. So you know, we both uh, we both suck. We none of us caught a keeper. Um, so, besides, you know how bad these picks may be. Don't even hire us for fishing because we're equally as bad at that. We're we're a good party, I think, though. But. We're a good party. We had a good time. It's good. To, it's good to be uh, good to be together. We hardly ever see each other in real life, so it's good to see each other again. Yeah, in the in the off season, in the on season, we see each other every week. But. Yeah, yeah, you're like my second wife almost. So yeah, it sucks. Anyway, speaking of sucks. Um, we are now in the second half of our predictions here. We ended with the bye week. I have us sitting at a miserable 3-5 and five with some wins against Carolina, Chicago, and Jacksonville and losses against Tennessee, Dallas, Green Bay, Baltimore, and Seattle. Um, so they're coming out of the bye week not feeling too good. Um, and they walk into... Uh, they, they come home. They have Sunday, November 13th at 1 o'clock. They have the Houston Texans come into the stadium following the bye week. How do you feel, Cranky Fan, about that matchup? Well, first of all, I wish I could say we were 3-5 and five coming out of the bye week. But I asked it 2-7. Uh, I, I think it's going to be a rough start for this team. But I think the bye week is going to be where we turn the corner a little bit. I, I This is where I see adjustments being made. They're going to have a chance to finally, you know, after a pretty crazy schedule, I mean, think about it. They're going to be in London, home, down to Jacksonville, out to Seattle. I mean, that's that's all. That's a lot to ask for any team that's you know that's kind of I don't want to say limping into the bye week, but just exhausted into the bye week. And I think they're going to need a mental break at that point. And I think the coaches will have by that point what eight games of, of film, half a season. I think you're going to see some adjustments. I think you're going to see a little bit of a better attitude from this team. This will not be a repeat of last year where we saw a team quit on their coach. I don't think that's the case at all. I think we respond with a victory. I am going to put this as a win in pencil over Houston. Houston is going to be terrible. I don't think the Giants 
while you know I have them at two and seven at this point, I don't think they're going to be as bad as that record indicates. I think they're starting to figure things out. They get a much-needed win at home to come back from the bye. Yeah, you know, I completely agree with um, the sentiment that they're going to be a little bit better after this bye week. I, I agree that I think that this is a coaching staff that they're going to feel good about playing for. And I think despite the sluggish start that they'll have to the year, I think that they'll be ha- they'll be in a better headspace as a collective team this year versus last year. And you said it with the brutal schedule right before the bye. It's a lot to ask even a good team. This is a young team with a new coach just kind of flying by the seat of their pants this year. It's a lot to ask. Um, and I think that in addition to um, in addition to the mental break and the rest from travel, they'll just be the rest in general. I think a lot of the bumps and bruises guys will be able to, to come into this game and be able to play. That being said, I think it's going to be a little bit tougher to stop Houston than some people think. Davis Mills is now in his second year, and he'll be with Pep Hamilton again, now calling the shots on offense. Um, and he'll have a better offensive line in front of him, I think, too. Um, the bigger thing here is that their Houston defense still looks like a disorganized array of scrap heap guys. And, and now they're headed by Lovey Smith for whatever reason that <laughs> decision was made. Um, I would think that Dable should be able to score plenty of points with what he's got against Lovey and what he has to work with. So I feel pretty good about this game, even though I do think Houston might be a little bit better on offense than people are giving them credit for going into the year. I have this as a win in pencil as well. Um, moving ahead to week 11, though, with uh, my my four and five Giants and your three and six Giants uh, will be home again. And I think that this is going to be a little bit of a, a nice stretch here for them. Home again, Sunday, November 20th at one o'clock. They will be hosting the Detroit Lions. How do you feel, Cranky Van? A little momentum building here. I think we have another win in pencil. Uh, you know, again. Being home two weeks in a row, I think building off the momentum and building off the adjustments from week 10, I think they're going to come off. I think this is a win. Again, these are not going to be beautiful games to watch. We're not going to be, you know, watching NFL Network in five years from now with, oh, that week 11 classic against Detroit. Um, But, you know, something at this point, it's all about really this season's about implementing new systems and installing, you know, a new philosophy, you know, seeing which which players, which young guys are going to be longer term pieces and which ones are just passing through. Um, I think this team is starting to finally get some confidence and I think they win here. Uh, We'll put this in pencil two in a row. Dang man, two in a row. Indeed a winning streak. I I have the same thing, a win in pencil. Um, I think, I think the lions have a pretty decent offensive line in front of Jared Goff, but, but everything else on the offense seems just like Jared Goff. it's okay. All Everything right. is just okay. You know, wide receiver group is bolstered by Jamison Williams, but he's a rookie. And he's grouped with who I consider to be overrated DJ Chark and second-year player Amonra St. Brown. Um, all of these weapons are just okay, but they are poised to have a big year. You know, Jamison Williams could have a big year. DJ Chark, you know, in a, in a place that's not Jacksonville could be even better. And Amonra St. Brown had nearly a thousand yards in his first year. So, I mean, they could move up, but right now in the way I look at this group, it's just okay. Um, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but it will be a cool matchup to watch Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal face off against uh, Okwara and Aiden Hutchinson. And it feels even weirder to say that I feel kind of okay about the Giants' chances there. 
And I think that's kind of the thing. You know, if, if Detroit's secondary is as woeful as it was last year, I think the Giants could actually sneak one by here, especially because they're home for a second week in a row after the bye. Well, let's put it this way. That, that matchup and you feel hopeful about it. If this team, the anchors of this offense, as much as any quarterback or, or skilled player, are those two guys. Yeah. And, you know, if they're going against guys like Hutchinson, guys who are going to be stars in this league, they have to be able to ho- at least hold their own, if not win these matchups. If we want this team to, you know, three, four years down the line, be a legitimate playoff team, a Super Bowl contender. So, you know, they're playing against young guys. We're young. I, 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 I think we, if I see them getting, you know, just, you know, getting destroyed, snap in, snap out against against guys like them, I'm going to be a little concerned. But this is the matchups we're looking for to see, you know, how excited we get for this team a little down the line, not necessarily now. So I, I think I think they're up to the task. I see it being kind of a stalemate. And to me, a stalemate's a victory for us. I think they might even be better than a stalemate. Um, you know, if, if they keep sliding Aiden Hutchinson to face Evan Neal in one-on-one situations or something like that, maybe – Maybe there might be an issue, but I, I think <laughs> we might really have one of the best tackle tandems, you know, you know, for the foreseeable future if they're able to keep them together. This is a really, really solid group, but I mean, we have to wait and see what Evan Neal does. Yeah. Yes, yeah, potentially. We, we, we on paper, it, it, we're excited about the future, and this is one of those things that can kind of validate that excitement. It won't prove the excitement to be definitively. This is the way the next decade is going to be, but. I think of all the things that happened, and we can, you know, bookmark this little piece right here, of all the matchups and all the things happening in this 2022 season, seeing how they perform will give us the most things we can take for next year and the year after that this team is heading in the right direction. Well, we'll sit here and talk about this for a little bit because, you know, I agree. Everything you're saying is still correct, right? Like on paper – you know, everything is just on paper. We haven't seen anything yet. Dude hasn't even really worn a full uniform yet. And I understand all that. But if these guys are to be who they are supposed to be from where they are drafted, these this is a matchup that they should win. They should shut this down. Okwara is just okay. He's just okay. And Aiden Hutchinson is just as much a rookie as Evan Neal is. That's the, my point. Exactly. The, the combo here, th- this shouldn't even be a stalemate. This should be a win. I expect this to be a win if they're going to be what we expect them to be. I'm not I'm not thinking the moon of Evan Neal when I say he should be able to win matchups against Aguara. Um, you know, he might have a, a bad snap here or there. But, I mean, overall for the game, I don't think we should be thinking about either one of those guys. They should not be hitting the stat sheet too much. Exceptions um, don't prove rules in matchups like this. I mean, yeah, he's he's gonna get his if he gives up a sack. That's gonna happen. But of course, you're gonna know. You know, this is something where the eye test is just as big as the stat sheet, and then we're gonna see like, hey, you know, uh, Daniel Jones has been upright this whole game. He's not been running for his life. We've been able to run the ball a little bit. We've been able to, you know, confuse coverages and things where it's working out. So, yeah, I'm very excited about the about a matchup like this again because. At this point, we you know, the records we're predicting are not good, and we're looking for things to get excited for for the rest of the season, and this would be one of them. 
Yeah, I, I mean, like I said, this this isn't. They're not going up against you know two Von Millers over there. No. Uh, this is this is a matchup that they should win. That I expect them to win in their you know in their first year or whatever. Going forward, I expect this group to continue to get better oh. and fight against great tandems. But of this course. is just an average tandem. They should dominate. And I think that this at this point in the season, week eleven of the first year, I think is a good litmus test to see how they're doing and how they're progressing. I think so, it's I think it's the most optimal point to do that evaluation week 11 because you know the first few weeks the first couple of months they're still getting their feet wet you know playing in the nfl the speed of the nfl the size of the guys you're going against and all that and then when you start getting to weeks 14 15 towards the end it's a longer season these guys have played in college yeah yeah i mean okay evan neal you know with alabama obviously they play a lot but still you're talking about a 14 game schedule and also a pretty nice break in between the SEC championship and the playoff. You know, the playoff. Yeah. So this is a good, excellent time in the season to do this evaluation. This little little self check. You know, not the final exam, but a nice, you know, progress report. And the worst time to check a team and get a real good barometer of how they're doing would be a Thursday night game, like the Thanksgiving game, November twenty fourth, four thirty at Dallas. The Giants will be traveling to Dallas, Texas, or I'm sorry, Arlington, Texas, um, where there is nothing but a stadium and a field. Um, Texas Live is pretty cool. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Cool little uh, entertainment district right outside the two stadiums. So it's it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah, I'll, I'll give them that. Burn it down. Uh, anyway, uh, how, how, do you, how do you feel about a Thanksgiving matchup against the Dallas Cowboys? There is always one game a year where you think there's no hope and the football gods shine on you and this is that week. Dallas is not that good on Thanksgiving. I mean, it's one of those things that's like, oh, everybody assumes all the Cowboys, you know, oh, it, it, it's the late game and, you know, they're at home, it's Thanksgiving tradition. But, you know, they've lost two in a row on Thanksgiving. And here's something interesting, you know, for all you gamblers out there. They're one and nine in, against the spread in those last 10 Thanksgiving games. So that tells me that either everybody just is overrates the Cowboys, which is very possible, or they're just not as good as everybody thinks they are. And they, they all these games are close. So they, they're, they're not playing well. So it's, it's, it's actually a pretty good time if you want to pick them off, especially let's say we're completely wrong with our picks and we are somehow in a race for a wild card spot or God forbid we're fighting for the division. We know that we're not excited about the giant, uh, the Cowboys coaching staff. You know, we we we're, we thought it was a mistake when they when they hired Mike McCarthy as a head coach. Um, we both don't think he's a very good head coach. Short turnaround time as well. Maybe they're potentially overlooking us or something. I think this is that week of the year where we shock the world. I'm putting the Giants winning in pencil three in a row. Wow, look at that. It's like you looked at my notes. Um, I actually, I do have this as a loss in pencil, but uh, my write-up is as such. The Cowboys have no excuse to lose to the Giants, right? Like on paper, there's no reason for them to lose this game, except that they've recently stunk out loud on Thanksgiving Day. For whatever reason, they just look like trash, often losing to trash teams. You know, I think I think when we first did our schedule release episode, I was when I uh, I first brought this up, I actually looked at it. I think they've won three of their last ten 
Thanksgiving Day games or something like that. It's really bad. And some of those losses were against like Washington, like a couple of years ago where they had nothing on their team. Uh, they were really, really, really bad losses. Um, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, Dallas has to play Minnesota that Sunday beforehand, November 20th. Minnesota, Kirk Cousins, they have a really good defense. that They might be looking completely past the Giants here. Well, not past, I guess, just not even really focusing ahead to the Giants there. Just worried about Minnesota. And they might just be coming off of like a, you know, a rough game, be tired, be hurt. Um, it seems like on any given Thursday, Dallas can find a way to lose. Uh, but I'm not really counting on it this year. I, I got those last 10 uh, Thanksgiving games real quick. They lost in overtime to the Raiders last year. They lost to Washington in 2020. They lost to Buffalo in 2019, 26-15. They beat Washington in 2018 by by eight. They lost to the Chargers. They beat Washington by five. They lost to Carolina. They got blown out by the Eagles. They beat Oakland. They lost to the Redskins. They beat Miami. That's not very impressive at all. So that's Four of the last ten? No, mm-hmm. that's four of the last eleven, I think. Yeah, and they, and they've given up 36, 41, 26, 23, 28, 26, 33, 33, 24, 38. They give up a bunch of points on Thanksgiving. It's like the, you know, the 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 defensive coaching staff starts eating on on, on the following Sunday, and they, <laughs> you know, the the. I don't know what the, the defense is doing, but they're just, you know, they're not focused on that Thursday game. And I also didn't give you a bunch of Super Bowl winners in that list either. Oh. Um, well. A lot of junk they played. For real. Um, Giants, the, the only thing is that the Giants aren't really any better. They're just not equipped depth-wise to deal with the short turnaround, like a Thursday game. And that's what's really throwing me here. Like, I know that Dallas also has a short turnaround, but they're they're better with their starting group, and they have more depth. So if their starting group is hurt, they've got to insert a guy in depth in some spot or whatever. They usually, depending on the position, they've got the guy that can go in there and do an adequate job. The Giants just aren't there roster-wise. The short turnaround is just going to affect them more. Even if they are coming off of an easier team, even if they are coming off of a win and Dallas is coming off of a loss against Minnesota, they're just better equipped on paper to deal with the short turnaround. And that's why I still have this as a loss in pencil. But I 100% agree with you. This is the time that they could pick off Dallas in this year. I'd rather play them on Thanksgiving at 425 than play them on a Sunday night game or even a Monday night game. Absolutely right. In a prime timer. Yeah, I, the and only also, thing that sucks is I just don't like playing on the Thanksgiving game. How do you feel about it? Um, I, I, I'm happy because usually I am uh, like in on vacation somewhere mm. way in the West Coast, and the game like the early game starts at eight in the morning, so I don't get I don't get to focus in on those games as much as I do. So I'm glad it's not that year. Uh, I'm fine with it. I mean, you're watching anyway. I might as well, especially this is a crazy year. Because um, on Friday, the day after, that is the U.S. plays England in the World Cup, and mm-hmm. the Florida-Florida State game is that Friday night. So that basically gives me a complete Saturday-Sunday. Full of rivalry. Uh, yeah, well, Saturday-Sunday, I'm just doing nothing. Like, I, I can, <laughs> you know, it, It's a holiday weekend. It's not like you know I can do stuff, not to worry about, well, I've got to worry about Florida State game or – you know, we're, we're running back to the Meadowlands at eight, six in the morning or something. So it's kind of 
once Friday night hits and we beat Florida State, my weekend is free on a holiday weekend. So I, I'm kind of good with that. No, I'm so glad it's not at home. I'm that's what I was going to say. If it were at home, you wouldn't even go, right? Uh, You'd be on vacation probably, right? Well, I think we're. I think our plan is actually not to go anywhere this year for Thanksgiving. We're sick of traveling, uh, but you know, I, I, I don't want to disrupt the Thanksgiving meal by having to leave and go to you know the Meadowlands. You know, watching football on TV is part of everybody's tradition. At, you know, at your grandma's house or your aunt's house or whoever, um, to eat Thanksgiving dinner at like eleven thirty in the morning and be like, well. Gotta go off to the Meadowlands. That, that seems kind of weird. Yeah, so, well, that's not. And the mayors have said they really don't ever want to host a Thanksgiving game either. It's like true. That, that eight o'clock game at night. Um, you know, welcome to working retail like ten years ago, where you had to work on Thanksgiving. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I would kind of hate it, but I feel like it would happen so infrequently, if ever, that it would actually be kind of a event. Like, I the idea of it, I actually hate having to go to a home game on Thanksgiving. But if I were to do it, it would probably be only once or twice in my lifetime. I think you could make it fun, you know? Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe, you know, we have the tailgate. We just bring turkey. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Like, I mean, we'll find some way to make it fun for everybody, right? Yeah. A, sure. a Thanksgiving to remember, especially if you win. <laughs> Hell yeah. Um. But I have them losing. So moving on, uh, Sunday, December 4th at 1 o'clock, the Giants return home to host the Washington Commanders for the first time for, uh, as the Commanders, right? Yeah. Um, how do you feel? Generic name and generic logo. and. Uh. Um, all right. I'm going to go on a super limb. So you can bookmark this and play it back and say, Nostra Cranky, or you can go back and say, typical mush. They're winning this game also. We're going for, we're going to go four in a row from the bye week, and we're going to all of a sudden have the over-irrational Giant fan thinking that this team is a lot better than they are. I just think the way this season, the way this schedule is working out, I just think we're going to be on a roll again. We're going to have an extra couple of days of break after Thanksgiving to prepare for this game. Washington doesn't impress me much. I I am going to... <laughs> Go on my go out on that limb and say, you know, in in conjunction with this four game winning streak, that Daniel Jones is playing well. He's just, you know he's firmly the starter. He's he may not be you know a pro bowler at this point, but I think, and again, I'm looking into my crystal ball. I could be completely wrong, but the the question now is not going to be who are the Giants going to be drafting next year with that pick for or quarterback, but what are we going to do about his contract for next year? And I think this little stretch of games is going to kind of elevate the, the conversation into that question as opposed to, all right, what are our draft options? Are we drafting Anthony Richardson? So I'm going to have this as another win in pencil. Again, I'm not confident in any of these wins. I've, I haven't taken my Sharpie out yet, but let's go four in a row with a win here. Damn, this is the least cranky I've seen you in a while. And and honestly, if, if – um... Figuring out what we're going to do with Daniel Jones's contract is the worst problem we have at week 13 of this year. I'm feeling great because, mm. you know, I, I'm pretty convinced that we're going to have to move on from him. Uh, 
you know, until I see otherwise, that's kind of where my head's at. And it's a huge problem. It's a huge gamble. And, and there's a lot that can go wrong with that. So it's it's a huge weight on my shoulder that I'm going to have until next March, I guess, or May. Um, Grump, Grump, there's two things I want to say right now is for this show going forward for a while. There's two things I do not want to talk about anymore until the time is right, I guess. I don't want to talk anymore about what Gabe, Dave Gettleman did or didn't do. And why we're in the position we're in. I, I really want to start looking forward. And I just don't want to have the weekly conversation with anybody about Daniel Jones. What are we going to do? <laughs> Let's talk about that conversation when it's obvious that there's a path. Because right now that path, we think it's going to be this. It could be this. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do – I mean not, not even talking about me and you but just like anybody. Can we just – don't make every, every snap – every down, every series, every quarter, every game, a referendum on Daniel Jones is in or out. Let's let this season play out. It'll be plenty of time to make that, have that conversation. Um, I just want to start the season just kind of like, okay, he's in evaluation mode now and let's watch and see, you know, we all have eyes. We've all been watching quarterbacks for all of our lives. We all know this is not going to be a question about, X amount of touchdowns, X amount of yards, QB rating has to be something. It's going to be a smell test year, I think. And let's just let it play out. So let's, everybody, enough of the past, enough of the future. Let's live in now. So anyway, um, no, yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, and especially because at the beginning of the year, it's going to probably look worse for Daniel Jones than by the end of the year. So there's no reason reacting to every single thing just – we all know that the decision will have to come to Daniel Jones by the end of the season anyway. So you might as well just wait until then, have the whole season to really look at and not really think about it going forward. Because, you know, the fact remains that if Tyrod Taylor has to go in, the season's pretty much over. Uh, so Oh, yeah. And again, we're not really – me and you are not overly concerned about this season as far as a win-loss or playoff or not. Um I'm glad we have him though because we don't no, want to re- I, we don't we don't want a repeat of last year if Jones gets hurt or Jones is ineffective that it just takes the whole team down with him. That's not going to happen with Howard Taylor. No, he should be able to keep the team afloat if if it's early on and and whatever. I'm just saying if the move is made then the, the, the whole team is is waiting for that direction anyway. So it, it, just like you said, just wait till the end of the year and we'll deal with Daniel Jones and we deal with Daniel Jones. That being said, for this game, I think Daniel Jones will put up some serious points in this game. In fact, I think this game is going to look like a shootout between two terrible teams. I don't really have any idea how either team is going to stop the other. I mean, like, you really think about what Wandell Robinson and Kadarius Toney and to some extent Sterling Shepard probably – uh, can do with the underneath stuff and then add in the Kenny Galladay, Darius Slayton, and again, Kadarius Tony working deep against these defensive backs and these linebackers. They could really just rip shit apart. And on the flip side, the Giants are just simply not really equipped to deal with Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, and Diami Brown. That being said, I do think that whether it's Carson Wentz back there or Taylor Heineke, Martindale can throw enough at either of them to screw up the timing for them and I think that this is a win in pencil but it will be an exciting one between two teams that are not very good probably a lot of points scored that's what I'm thinking here um, and you know I don't have them in a four game winning streak but I do have three of the last four which is pretty impressive and should feel good for Giants fans do you think 
in this division, as we see it now in mid-July, if the Giants are, what are we talking? Uh, I think I have this, them at like seven and seven or something here. Seven and seven, six and eight. That puts them squarely in the race for the division, right? Uh, they're in the race for the division, but I don't think I think I think Philly and Dallas might be pretty close to the top. I think there might be a considerable different distance between us and them, and they might be really close. Uh, yeah, I, I could see it going that way, but I could also see them, you know, in a much tighter division, you know, at six and eight or whatever we just said. I think there's gonna be a lot of parity. I think there's gonna be a lot of parity in this division. I think there's gonna see. You're not gonna see anybody sweeping anybody, no matter how good or bad any of these teams are. I think it's gonna be one of those, you know, when they play each other. One week Washington wins, one week Philly wins, one week the Giants win, one week Dallas wins type of thing. You know, how – which one of these teams will look good against, you know, and win the games they need to against non-division, non-conference games? And that's going to be an interesting thing to look at. And, and speaking of those division games, roll right into the next division game here. Sunday, December 11th at 1 o'clock, uh, the Giants will host the Philadelphia Eagles. It will be their first matchup of the year. How do you feel about this game? You know, I thought about this one. And did I have enough balls, I guess, to say they're going to win five in a row? The answer is no. And, I, I again, not because it's even Philly. It's just I don't know if this team is good enough, even if they're you know, playing over their heads to win four in a row. Of that four in a row, three of those teams are not very good. And Dallas, again, I know they're going to get a lot of hype. They're going to have to prove it to me on the field that they're really good. I, I, I think this team still, you know, even if they have that little bit of a winning streak and they're playing well in the second half of the season, it's still not good enough to be consistent and win a game that, I don't know if should be is the right term, but certainly could win. I, I, I just think the magic runs out here. I'm going to have this, unfortunately, as a loss in pen. I too have this on a loss in pen. Um, I don't think that the Eagles are going to be uh, champions or anything anytime soon, and I don't really believe that Hertz is going to be their long-term answer. No, I uh, don't so either. But there's no way to look at this objectively and think that the Giants have an offense that can handle this defense this year. And the no. Eagles' defensive line is really talented. And, and really deep, too. And the Giants still have a lot of work to do, especially in the interior of that line. Um, and you add in the Kobe Dean and TJ Edwards. They're a force at the middle layer there. And then back deep, they're set up in the secondary to handle everything that we've got. So Dable's creativity will only go so far here. Defensively, I don't really know how we can cover these receivers long enough to deal with uh, Jalen Hurts' escapability against the Blitz. Um, it's going to have to come down to super complicated looks that are totally going to throw him off that he's not going to be able to run away from in time. But when I think about that, I think that super complicated looks like that are just as likely to screw the Giants up as it is Jalen Hurts. I I just – I don't feel any good about this game. Although, you know, we're getting to week 14, 15, you know, this team has been playing together for most of the year. So I'm thinking a lot of the the communication – if they remain healthy, I mean, if we have a mass unit out there where seven starters and IL, all bets are off. But if this team is relatively healthy on defense, I'm expecting them to play a lot more cohesion and understanding and communication than they would have in week one, two, and three. So that may not be as much of an issue as it would be if we were playing them in week three. Yeah, it may not be. I just, 
I don't know. This is not good enough yet. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, I just I just think their only shot to really win from a defensive standpoint is to pull out all the stops, and I just don't think that they're good enough. I don't think that they're smart enough or, you know, coordinated enough to handle pulling out all the stops in the first year. Remember, this is their first time doing Martindale's complicated defense, and now you know you've got a Dory Jackson and what you know at corner. You know, it just is a lot. It's a lot to ask, and I just don't think they have enough. Um, Moving into week 15, Sunday, December 18th, we keep it within the division. The Giants go to Landover, Maryland to play the Washington Commanders a second time. How do you feel about this matchup, Cranky Ben? I feel like that Philly game, a loss is going to be, you know, burst the bubble a little bit, burst the balloon, burst, burst a little bit of the confidence. I think going to Washington, you know, you're playing there in late December. That game could either be a Saturday or Sunday game. It's, you know, however they flex it out based on the rest of the league. That is one of the worst turfs or grass fields in the NFL. And we're playing there late December. It's probably going to be ripped up and shitty. Um, you know, it affects both teams, but I, 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 unfortunately, again, because I don't think this is going to be a very good team. This is a, te- a game we should win. And how I said, you know, that Dallas game was the one that surprises us that we win a game we should lose. I think this is a game we lose that we should win. I'm going to have this as a loss in pencil. I see. I have this as a win in pencil, and here's my real prediction. I think these teams are both fairly evenly matched, right? But I think by week 15, the commanders might be in trouble in the locker room. Ooh. Carson Wentz is a known cancer. <laughs> Taylor Heineke is just okay. And if that's the case, fans might even be calling for rookie Sam Howell. This That could go either way for the Giants, but I am willing to bet a losing season plus a losing locker room uh, rift will lead to an unprepared, distracted, and lost commander's team in late December. And also, I think... We might even start hearing some buzz about Ron Rivera and what he's doing with that team. Will be his third year with the team, right? Yes. Still, still not much to show for it. Just sitting around the middle, an improvement of what they were, but still not winning. And you know, the media likes to jump in on on shit like that. So that's actually how I see this one. I have this one as a second win in pencil. Yeah, but you know something though. I mean, again, the coach always gets the criticism, gets the brunt of the of the abuse, the media thing. But oh, it's not his fault. That I know. Sucks. That's what I'm saying. It's like it's ridiculous. If if they're gonna start calling for his head, I mean, it's like he was he was given. Carson Wentz, for Christ's sakes. I mean, gun to your head. Would you rather have Carson Wentz or Taylor, Taylor, Taylor Henneke right now? I would rather have Taylor Henneke. At least there's upside there. Yeah. Again, that's not a an ideal choice, but, I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, Carson Wentz, at this point, you know what he is, and it's not very good. And you're right. And not for nothing. There's a reason why he was, you know, booted out of Indy so fast, that the, and the owners were like, get him out of here. I believe his like back issue that he suffered with Philly is like a for life issue for him. That it's just he's he's in constant pain. Is kind of why he sucks even worse now than he used to. <laughs> um, if I if I'm remembering that correctly, it was that it was always going to be a thing, and it was going to be up to his pain tolerance for how long he was going to be able to play. Which mm-hmm. for a quarterback and your back, I mean, that's isn't that not every single throw? Exactly. Um, ask ask guys like Troy Aikman. You know, shorten their career. Um, then week 16, the Giants play December 24th. That is Christmas Eve, 1 o'clock at Minnesota. 
How do you feel about this one, Cranky Fan? I feel like the Grinch is coming early. <laughs> this is a loss in Penn. We're not going there and winning. It's, it's, it's pretty as easy as that. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't have I mean, a whole lot more to add. The kind of the season's kind of over now at this point, and now it's kind of, you know, again, a very young team playing week 15, longest a lot of these guys have played before. Um, I, I, I think it's one of those games where there's really not much to play for anymore, and I think they lose, lose in Penn. I, I have this as a loss in Penn as well. I think the Giants are going to have a really tough time covering Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson. I feel like I don't really yeah. want to do that. But I think they'll be able to get after it against the offensive line and force Cousins to do some stupid shit. Uh, but that said, I don't think it'll be enough. I think this is going to be another uphill battle for the offense more than anything, though. And that's what's really going to make it hard. Uh, Minnesota is fairly stacked on defense. And right now, and you're one of a new system – with injuries likely mounted by now, I don't yeah. see the Giants' odds. I don't like them to put up sufficient points to win here. Remember, we're doing these picks assuming we have a healthy roster. We're not right. we're not factoring the potential that you know we could have three offensive linemen hurt or a backup quarterback or any and of that. Remember, I mean, like a lot of these positions, if one guy is hurt, we're dealing with trouble. So. Very serious depth issues. Yes. Um, so we both have that as a loss in pen. That's depressing right before Christmas. But <laughs> January 1st, New Year's Day, the Giants will be playing at home at 1 o'clock versus the Indianapolis Colts. Do you feel any better about this on this holiday? Nope. <laughs> I think I think there's going to be a final little slide at the end of the season. Um, I, I, I didn't want to, you know, as we're doing these predictions, I didn't want to talk about injuries or anything, but I feel like, at this point, you kind of have to think how thin this team is going to be with just natural attrition. And, and by this point, you know, it's it's the last game, the second to last game of the year. Uh, I think the back was broken back in that Philly game. I'm going to have this as another a loss in pencil. And I think I'm trying to think of how the mood would be of the fan base and the media at this point if they do lose a third in a row in December into January. I mean – how much patience do you think this coaching staff is going to get? Not that they're that anybody's going to be on a hot seat, but we think the mood will be just overall. Well, if, if we're going by our predictions up till this point, I would think that Giants fans would feel okay. Um, you know, when you really think about what we've predicted so far, it's going to be, and again, we're doing this exercise. This is like a fun thing that we do, but we don't usually talk about wins and losses as a barometer for how a coach is doing. So everything we're talking about in this exercise is sort of irrelevant. What's most relevant is the fact that they're getting these wins and stacking points. You know, that they look better on the field. It looks like the team looks like a team. They're not winning fluke games like the 2020 game Seattle with Colt McCoy at quarterback and just kind of Right, rolling ahead twelve to seven for a final score or anything like that. If they're winning games twenty-eight to twenty-two or something like that, even if they are against shit teams, I think with a record somewhere around the middle, you know, just south of five hundred, and that product based on what Giants fans have been used to the last couple of years, I don't think that there's going to be a negative reaction to any sort of late December slide, especially since. The whole world can tell you the Giants don't have a lot of depth and that just a couple of injuries stacked up is going to 
you know, make a, a problem that needs a creative solution instead of just next guy up. So I, I think that the fan reaction should be pretty okay. Uh, you know, at worst, maybe pretty tepid based on our predictions. But if they're winning games the way they have been winning games the last couple years, where they're just kind of scraping together some horse shit and just kind of winning by two, three points every every time and blowing the games they should be winning, then, you know, then we're talking about something totally different, right? Here's my prediction. I, you know, I'm just breaking the rule I said 10 minutes ago. I think we get to this point, you know, if you call, if you listen to the fan or, you know, read the New York Post, it's going to be 24-hour Daniel Jones talk at this point. Mm. And I think, in a way, that's going to give this coaching staff a little bit of cover. That, you know, if all the attention's on, what are they going to do with this quarterback? You know, if they have a little bit of the run in early, you know, December and then they fade off, you know, around Christmas time or something, you can make a case that because that run's going to have to happen because Daniel Jones is playing well. I mean, that so goes he, so goes the record. If we're talking from a record standpoint, probably, yeah. So I think there'd be enough of a a debate that will be the number one topic among the you know the mainstream fan, the mainstream press and media. So I think and all that will happen while that's happening. Again, I think that gives this coaching staff a little cover and a little bit of a, a distraction that we're not focusing on, hey, is this coaching staff doing a good job or not or anything? They kind of can slide underneath a little bit. That is a pretty good point. I, I think you're right. You know, if, if, if they've got a, a, a decent record, they've had a, a middle-of-the-year winning streak, um, and then they're just on a slide there, then you're probably going to be in a heated debate as to whether or not Daniel Jones is worth keeping. And because Daniel Jones is not really tied to the coaching staff or general manager, they mm-hmm. won't even be part of that conversation. Um, and so. Giant, fan, Giant fan has to remember, too, if they're pissed off, if this team is, you know, 5-10 and 10 around this point, ask any Giant fan who is knowledgeable at all, what's your prediction in mid-July? It's probably about that same, you know, they're going to probably be very close to what you think they're going to be right now at the end of the year. So to be pissed off and outraged and shocked and demanding coaches heads or anything, it's just like, well, you thought they were going to be like this before the season started. Right. Um, And and speaking to this New Year's game, I I have this as a loss in pencil, um, but there really isn't a good reason for it. I don't think the Colts are in the position to be winners this year. Uh, in fact, I think the Giants should win this game. It's just not a game I feel like they're going to do well in for, for no reason at all. It's going to be one of those games. You know, if this game know. is in week six, I'd have this as a win in pencil. I agree. For sure. Yeah. Uh, and neither team is going to be playing for a playoff spot. It just feels like the game that they should win, that they'll be winning all game, and then they're just going to fall apart at the very end just to top off my fucking New Year. Well, but this is for a prediction. What do you think the attendance will be in that game? I mean, it was wretched at the end of last year and we know all the reasons why what a stunk stink that organization I mean, that had was, about. My, my conspiracy theory is that there was only one really late home game for that reason this year like i honestly think that there was some sort of weird plea to the league to not have a whole lot of home games late in the year interesting i mean to me there's a bit of a home field advantage of playing in the meadowlands in december and january i agree but i think that Maybe that was just a look. If, I think the idea is that if they're going to win, they're going to win. But you know, I'd rather not have any more shots of my empty stadium or a stadium oh, see, filled with Eagles fans or whatever. Well, see, I think that'd be that's an interesting barometer to me of what this fan base, you know, how they're feeling. 
Yeah, it's, but like, it's New Year's Day, so that's what makes it weird. That's true, but what else is everybody doing on New Year's Day? I don't I mean, know, but if I'm hungover, it, the idea of going to a losing game on a losing season in the cold outside is not really a thrilling idea. You know, you and I are freaks and we'll do it, <laughs> but like the average guy, they're not going to do it. The that last be, game that might be a more empty stadium than it is an Indianapolis stadium. You know what I'm saying? But 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 think about this though. I mean. Before that, the last home game is December 11th. Is their last time to see him for the year? I'm talking about forget New Year's Eve, and New Year's Day, and all that stuff. It's just okay. How much is this fan base? Is this fan base going to be as checked out as last year, this year, or are they going to be like, okay, I'm still, I'm still in on this team? Because usually when, when it goes bad, when the apathy is what causes nobody to go to games. Not that they yeah. have a losing record, and it's but like, oh well. You know, I, I think this team is going to be more exciting to watch. You know, I, defensively, I think there's still a lot of things that are wrong, but they have an exciting coordinator that brings an exciting defense to it. You know, offensively, they have an, a, a creative guy, and it looks like this team is going to be scoring points, and he's going to be able to utilize the athleticism that they already have assembled. I think this team will be exciting to watch, and therefore, I don't think it'll be the dud for. For you know, semi-casual fans, you know, to yeah. to miss out on. There's and, a and like you said, this sem- to be the last chance for them to see them this year. It might be worth it. Yeah, I mean, it's a semi-potential chance of them being a really exciting team. Saquon Barkley's a hundred percent. He's running behind an offensive line that you know creates holes for him and creates opportunities for him. You know, if if, if you know guys like Robinson and Kadarius Tony are the shifty. You know, twitchy guys. We think they can be with the ball in space. If Kenny Galladay somehow regains, you know, the form he had when we signed him, they could be pretty exciting to watch. I agree. You know, even and even you throw in a Daniel Jones forty-yard run here and there, and you know, things like that, they can be, you know, Fun. if not winners, at least entertaining football. Yeah, um, and that's that's why people spend money is for the fun. Um, yeah, and you know what's not fun is ending your year week eighteen, Sunday, January eighth. At Philadelphia, I imagine you have a very short analysis of this game. Um, as Clubber Lang said in Rocky Three, prediction, pain, <laughs> not good. I mean, Philly is probably fighting for either the division title or at least a wild card in this game, mm-hmm. and they just have a hard on for us. I mean, they've. It seems like some of the moves they've made in the last couple of years are just to troll the Giants as much as it is to improve their team and their roster. Nothing would give them boners more than being able just to blow us the hell out. So this is a a loss in, I don't know, what's more than uh, a Sharpie? Stone? Yeah. Stone Cold Lock. This is it. This is... Yeah, this this is not the way you want to end a season, but at least it's the end of the season, and like you're going to be in who cares mode as it is, and it'll be like, all right, we're we're talking about the draft, we're talking about probably quarterback possibilities, we're talking about, you know, what we do to get ready for year two of this. Yeah, there's no way the Eagles drop this game with the playoffs within their grasp. Uh, Giants would have to be really highly motivated to play spoilers against a probably second place team in a division that is a distance ahead of them. So that seems just just seems very unlikely to me Uh, because it's a division game no matter what is going on it's not likely to be a game that philly can afford to lose in their playoff hunt so absolutely not it it just it would take a colossal fuck up on their part to lose this game 
to us and considering we'll be playing for nothing uh, we'd be essentially be playing for a worse draft spot um, not that I believe in any of that stuff but just in general um, yeah they, they they may quit when they're playing Washington they're not going to quit when they're playing us yeah um, I have this as a loss in pen as well and that would put me predicting this giant season at seven and ten which is probably at least one game more than I thought it would have been before I started doing this this has me at six and eleven, but a little roller coastery. And I will say that this six and eleven coming at the end, even though there's a, a losing streak at the end of the year, or like you know losing well, four or five or whatever it is, uh, three or four, I still come out of the season feeling better than I did before the season started. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think somebody, and it might be Thibodeau, is going to come out. You're going to come out of this season like. This player, player X, is going to be a real star going forward. Yeah, you know, I think I agree with you on who it is. Yeah. So um, it will lead into an offseason of a lot of tough decisions that have to be made with this team, but we're not going to worry about that in mid-July. Let's. We have training camp to start before we start even worrying about stuff like that. That's right. And starting today, rookies show up to Giants facilities and – a week and one day from today, veterans will join them. Oh. And training camp will officially begin. So this is just about the last of our fluff episode. Not not fluff, but these are these are less analytical. Um, and, no more uh, fluffers. Yeah. No more fluff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know we'll we'll have some preseason stuff coming up. They won't be like real. Um, they won't be like analysis-driven episodes or anything like that, but we'll be talking about the guys that we're interested in keying in on, you know, for the purposes of seeing how they'll do in the regular season. So we only have a little bit left before we're talking real fucking football. So stay tuned for all the rest of our final touch-ups. You know, we'll have some training camp reports mixed in as well, and we'll have some college lookout stuff as well. So there is still content to come, but the, the real meat and potatoes is right around the corner, and I hope you guys are as excited as I am. Um, some, the, the NFL summer is almost over. It's hard to believe that rookies reporting the same day as the baseball All-Star game. <laughs> I know the All-Star game is late this year, but it just seems like camp is early this year and uh, couldn't come in a moment too soon. I mean, it's... At least finally these sports are, are all becoming kind of year-round events like yeah. basketball. You know, as soon as the season's over, you were at the draft and free agency. And it's just kind of – it fills the gap where there's not actual games going on. So now training camp is, again, gameless news and, and entertainment for us to get us ready for the season. So summers aren't as brutal as they used to be. Um, and if you're wondering – you know, a common issue is, oh, you know, I heard that uh, Darius Slayton had a really good day against Adoree Jackson, but, you know, does that mean that Adoree Jackson's playing bad or is Darius Slayton playing good? Here's what I'll tell you. Don't worry about any of that shit. Worry about who got hurt and who didn't. That is the exactly. only news that you need to be super worried about coming out of this. I think the two things you should be watching for is who is getting more reps than other guys, potentially guys, if there's a, a battle and that might be later on in, in, in preseason. Like if you see somebody like a Darius Slayton who's not getting as many reps as some of the other receivers, it could be, telling. Uh, it could be very telling. So those are things you kind of want to watch for. Not, you know, who had the better day of one versus the other. It's things like that. What are the coaches are very, they, they have everything fine tuned and, choreographed and staged exactly how they want things to go and things like that are, are like you said very very telling 
Yeah, and and remember that this this roster is not set yet. So those guys that aren't getting reps might be being replaced with guys that are getting cut from around the league in the next month. Yeah. So um, it is important to pay attention to those those reps and those preseason games, man. For those guys, if Darius Slayton cannot drop passes in preseason games, I'll tell you that much. So um, no. stay tuned for those the, the training camp episodes. They're going to be exciting. They're going to be telling. They're going to be important, and they will be coming your way in the coming weeks. So be sure to follow us on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, anywhere where you can find that stuff. That's where we are. And uh, on Twitter as well, I'm at football underscore grump. He's at the cranky fan. And um, you're going to be doing more stuff on FL teams, right? Yes, I have uh, the cranky fan podcast on the FL teams channel on YouTube. Check that out. And it's also on, uh, you know, all the same places you get um, the Just Giants podcast. Also, this week I have two shows coming out. One with, I'm not going to say who the guest is, but someone you all know and, and love as part of the Giant community. But we are going to be comparing the Yankees and Rays first half, what to look for in the second half. So it should be pretty fun. He will be a regular on my other show. Um, he's very opinionated. He's lovable and cuddly. Let's have to tune in and uh, find out who that is. So It's, it's not me. That's for sure because that <laughs> show would be 40 minutes of me talking and the standard stock answer from Grump. <laughs> I hate baseball. Whatever, dude. I hate baseball. <laughs> <laughs> so he he will Garump will be on that show. We're going to be talking about you know things we want to talk about that are not giant related. So you know we have some big debates that we always have that we will we'll just air out on that show and everything. So just uh, subscribe to uh, the FL Teams YouTube channel for that. And um, I know a lot of you guys don't care about the other Florida stuff, but you know give them a listen. But yeah, but in, in, you know a lot of that stuff is relevant like you said the rays stuff the lightning stuff you know that would all be you know relevant to new york market so yeah well the buck stuff too i mean for football yeah. it's, it's mostly a football crowd listening to this and watching this um and of course yeah. the gator stuff too all that's relevant right relevant to this this crowd so for sure there, there, there is definitely stuff there for you guys to check out if you enjoy the cranky fan and his analysis and let me tell you his baseball stuff is a whole other level from football stuff too so <laughs> yeah well <laughs> All right, everyone, we will see you next week with some training camp stuff. Go Giants. Go Giants.